Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Patricia Fulmer, and we're going to be speaking about cold start practice process and metrics on the OI show. Well, thank you again for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Patricia Fulmer, and uh, it is awesome to have you on the OI show. Thanks. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, we're super stoked that you uh, you uh, accepted our invitation. Uh, Dr. Fulmer did some crazy things during <laughs> a, a pandemic as she decided to, you know, let's go start a practice cold. And uh, that was just a spectacular uh, thing to do. And uh, I was hoping you could share with us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and those sort of things. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Dr. Patricia Fulmer, I'm out of Huntsville, Alabama, uh, which is, is a fabulous place to practice. We have a huge uh, variety of demographics here, so it makes the days fun. Lots of engineers, so we get all those patients we joked about in school that were the, the worst patients to have. That's pretty much every patient in my chair. Um, but I did. I decided to open a practice cold uh, in the middle of the pandemic. When I decided it, I didn't know there was going to be pandemic, but you know what? You roll with it. So um, I opened in December of 20. So all the planning was in the middle of everything crazy, all of the, the construction, all of all of that stuff. Um, and I, I've loved every minute. It's been fun. It's been challenging. We've gotten to build our own brand, which I think is, you know, one of the most important parts of being in private practice and opening cold, yeah. identifying that brand. And it's just something new every day. So we've, yeah. we're, we're rolling and we're, we're about yeah. a little over a year and a half now. So, so in starting the practice from scratch, Mm -hmm. uh, you have all these things that you think it's going to be like, or that are going to happen. What is the thing that has surprised you that has been the best? Like, what was it that you, you knew it was going to be good, but this is something you didn't know was going to happen that you absolutely love about cold start practice. Yeah. I think that feeling that you get when you get your first returning patient, you know, the one that they didn't follow <laughs> yeah. you, they didn't, it, it's that wow, they really want to be here, you know, or, or that first referral from a patient that has told their friends or their family or saying, you know, I love it here. I'm going to send my family. We, when you're an associate or when you're, you know, maybe buying into a practice and it's kind of built up, you certainly have a lot of work to do, but you, when you start it completely from the ground floor, every single thing really is yours. And you're, you're making those decisions. You're, you know, trying to build that relationship and to know that it's working by people referring and coming back to you. It's a, it's a very humbling, but really rewarding um, moment when that happens. So. Yeah. Yeah. So on the flip side, there was something you didn't know that you didn't know. And it was like, this sucks. What's the, what was the, the thing that has been like the absolute epitome of worst that you've encountered that you didn't anticipate? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, honestly, I think for me, it was, so in school, they do a good job, right? They introduce us to optical, but I had been in practices that either didn't have an optical because they were medical-based or did, but they were established enough that their opticians kind of knew everything, and, and we didn't really have that much of a hand in it. So when I became that first person that they came to, when there was a, a insurance filing question or a, um, a lens issue or something like that, like you really don't realize sometimes how much goes into all of that and how much you really need to know about 
the optics and the the insurance background and all that. So that was a big challenge in the beginning, um, that learning curve and just, you know, staying nights and reading the VSP manual so you can figure out how to file something or or just doing some of the things that maybe you take for granted a little bit when you're in those more established practices. Um, yeah. But it was a good learning curve, and it's certainly something that I, uh, you know, now can pride myself to say no matter what happens with the staff, if we were to have someone leave or someone knew we needed to train, then I, I had the ability, and I, I can yeah. run that on my own if I needed to. Yeah. So I learned everything I possibly needed to know about practice management and optometry school. Said no one ever. Uh, yeah, nobody's ever said that. Um, so, you know, going into a cold start, single, you know, like all on your own, like you had to embrace, you couldn't even rely on something that the staff was going to tell you, right? What um, what kind of metrics were you looking at? What kind of things were you kind of gauging as far as a profit and loss and being a business owner yeah. outside of being an optometrist who sells glasses and contact lenses and does medical stuff? Yeah, so I kind of love that question because my answer, if we had opened pre-pandemic, I think would have been completely different. But Ooh. now, because all of these metrics, we you know, We've had years and decades of people opening practices cold. Like that that necessarily isn't a new thing in our profession, but to do it now where trends aren't the same, where we have, you know, busy months that used to be pretty much dead months or months that used to be super busy that are not because people are at home more. That has been really, really interesting. And so for me, the biggest thing that I told myself when we opened was, yes, I'm going to talk to my mentors. Yes, I'm going to look at the trends that we had pre-pandemic to try to get some sense of what to expect. But as long as we are growing as a practice and as long as I am seeing more patients and seeing you know more of that revenue come in and we're covering our bills and we're doing those sort of things, I'm going to call that a win, especially for that first year, because so much of it was unknown. You know, Like I said, we opened in December of 20 which meant that all of 21 was the first year post or mid or whatever you want to call what we're doing now in the pandemic. And so patients, we didn't know what spending trends were going to look like. We didn't know if patients were going to be more frugal because of what they had gone through, or maybe they're excited to be back out in the, in the world and spending. And they were they going to be buying five pairs of glasses because they can finally get out and wear some fashion. Like who knew? And, um, just taking it day by day and trying really hard not to, I don't know, criticize the business too much, but at the same time, figure out where we can be most profitable. Look at those invoices, say, you know, okay, I'm this patient, this is how we maximize something, or this is how we didn't maximize something more importantly. Um, and going back and looking at that. And now that we're in our second year, I can go back and compare to ourselves and say, okay, are we growing? Are we you know, and we're in an interesting time now with a, a pending, you know, possible recession. And, and that's been interesting to look at compared to last year. And so, uh, yeah, just looking at those metrics. So we use um, Edge Pro as one of our one of our metric, you know, measures, which gives me a really great look at what we're doing practice overall. Um, we also just really make sure we're running reports. We're looking at all of our different trends and trying to maximize those. So if our demographic is asking for something, we're catering to that and making sure that we're putting it out there that we do those sort of, sort of different things. What are what are some of the things that you're looking at as as what you what you might consider your key metrics for you 
they might be different for me, but what are the ones yeah. where you're like, Hey, that's something I really am paying close attention to. One of, one of them for me is I want to see if I have money going in the bank, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one to go off of. Um, you know, I, I look at one, one thing as a, a big picture, you know, money in the bank is that, you know, I'm looking at how many months, because right out of the gate in a cold start practice, you're not going to be profitable immediately, right? You're not going to have, most practices are probably not going to have a, a million, $2 million a year the first year they open. And so I'm looking back and saying, okay, what months were profitable, which months weren't. And the very, that's the most black and white did we, did we take in more than we than went out. Beyond that though, I look a lot at um, revenue per patient. You know, how much are we, are we doing a lot of $0 frames? Are we doing a lot of insurance covered frames, patient owner? Are we actually moving the products that we believe in in practice. Um, so that's one of the big ones for us. We do uh, aesthetics. So I track those. I see how many uh, patients we, we had back for dry follow-ups versus how many, you know, maybe you're doing these dry treatments. Um, but I also look at, so revenue per patient, new patient appointments is a big one for me. Um, and then also looking at just overall um, exam numbers and, and that sort of thing, trends on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a, a place to start, you know, I, I, this is going to be baffling to you, but the vast majority of eye care providers who want to practice don't look at any metrics for their practice other than uh, I think I have more money in my bank account than I used to and I can pay myself more money. Um, but other than that, the vast majority of our, our eye care professional colleagues don't look at anything. And I think the one that may be most important to me is the same one as you is revenue per encounter, or some people call it revenue per patient. And um, I like to look at it as revenue per counter because it's your chair cost, right? So, uh, you know, how is it going for each time somebody walks in the door on the schedule? Like, what is that? What is that going to mean? That kind of tells you, particularly in a cold start practice, if 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 your revenue per encounter is, let's just say, for easy numbers, five hundred, uh, that would be great. But if it if it was that number, you could say, hey, if we have twenty appointments this week from a cold start, that might be a good place to start. Um, and then next next year, if we get to thirty or forty, we can kind of gauge that. As long as that revenue per encounter stays right. about the same. Month to month, it's going to sway a little bit. But if you see that it's trending down, it starts asking this question, where are we not doing as well as we used to? Are we not doing as well in the optical? Are we not selling contact lenses? Is our aesthetics not being as effective? Are we not moving people towards it? But it gives you kind of that gauge of where to look at. And one of the other things that we kind of realized is, you know, when our patient schedule got really busy, our revenue per encounter goes down. And that just means that we're not as effectively seeing our patients, right? right. So yeah, maybe I can do $500 an hour uh, or revenue per encounter and see you know, 20 patients a week. But then when I get to uh, 40 patients a week, it goes down to $400. And you, know, and you run those numbers and you're like, hey, maybe it was better for us to see less patients and be more effective with them and care for them the way we want to. Now, certainly you can see more than 20 patients or 30 <laughs> patients a week, but that, just for the numbers, if that makes well, sense. And in some cold starts, I mean, you, you, know, you certainly are going to have weeks like that, right? And mm -hmm. but I love that you mentioned kind of that inverse relationship between more and more money, not yeah. necessarily, because I think a lot of people really do in their mind, they liken a 
successful schedule to a very packed schedule. And that's not no. always the case. And I um, really truly believe in, in the work, you know, smarter, not harder mentality. We want to give the reason that I wanted to open a cold start was because I wanted to build a brand that really reflected caring for our community and our patients the way that I felt they should. And so for us, if we do that, that tends to, elevate that revenue per patient because they feel cared about. They feel they understand the brand. They understand why the lenses are what they are, the frames or whatever the case may be. And they know that what they're investing in is their true care and not just a pair of glasses. And so when we start to let that slip because we're getting busier or, you know, we hired somebody new and we didn't have time to really train them to the level that we probably would have, you know, maybe the first day we opened because we had all the time in the world then, um, it shows in those numbers. And that's a really easy metric to look at, in my opinion, to see where your trends are headed. I I definitely hang my hat on that one a lot because if you can keep that number up there and add more patients, then you're certainly going to be successful. Yeah. So along that same line, and and you just mentioned this is in a cold start practice, you don't have to have every single thing figured out on day one, because you're going to see how it you encounter it the first week, which isn't very busy. And then you can fix it the next week, which is a little bit busier and you can always be improving. But now you're a, a, a year in and processes are in place, but now you're encountering new people and new staffing and so forth than that. How important has it been to, to, uh, uh, to, to kind of document your process mm-hmm. as time goes on, right? You learned VSP yeah. and you learned billing it. But if you just then went and verbally told a staff member, well, that staff member's leaves and now you have to go right. and redo everything, right? How, right? how important has process been and how have you implemented that? Yeah, so that's, we're, I mean, it's almost like you were in my mind today because we, I, I was <laughs> making a list of protocols that needed to be typed out today. I literally have yeah. it, you know, two feet away from me. It Because in that first initial part of the practice, you know, you do kind of, you find your few staff that are going to work well and grow with you. And you can tell them, you know, you've got time to tell them. You can meet, you can one-on-one train, you can do all these things. And so sometimes it's easy to forget that you're not always going to be those two staff members. You can hopefully be, you know, 10 or 20 or however many. And for us now, we are right at that brink where you can kind of feel that momentum. You can feel us growing. And so it's super important to me to go and and look at all of the things that we do, even even the smallest things, the how to make an appointment things, the, you know, the things that we do take for granted, how to do the auto refractor, those kind of topics that if, you know, have one staff that's, that's pregnant, she's going to be out for a while. What is it that she does that I need to make sure everybody else knows how to do, even if I'm not available to ask, um, you know, what kind of references. So for me, it's literally sitting back, thinking through our whole day and asking myself, if I wasn't in the office and somebody called in sick, what did they need to reference to know to get through the day and be able to to practice or if something happened to me and another doctor needed to come in what do they need to do so for me it's truly front to back it's looking at how my tech works up patients and and not only how does she do it but are there things that I would like to tweak with that because you know are there things that maybe we've gotten a little comfortable doing that I want to back up and say no that's not our protocol it's worked fine with just me and you but now that we you know hopefully are going to need 
more techs or more doctors down the line, will that work fine in a big picture? Um, so making that in black and white and just saying, you know, how do we work up? How do we do insurance? How do we, all of it really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it always reminds me of that. There's a movie called the founder and it's about, uh, the, about Ray Kroc and when he came in and started working with the McDonald's brothers to make mm -hmm. McDonald's what it is. And in this, uh, in this movie, uh, it shows how the, the brothers completely demolished their system of making hamburgers and drew out on a tennis court the entirety of the kitchen and drew out where everything was. And then they orchestrated where every person was going so that the process of ordering a hamburger was quick, it was like you ordered it and like 10 seconds later you had it and how that whole process was built. And, uh, and, and really, you know, it wasn't their, their burger that made them stand apart. It was the process that made it right. was. And over the years, I think I've realized that, you know, I can teach somebody, but if I don't have a process to teach people, then that process really is, is nothing and it's broken. And if we're updating our process, if we don't write it down in the training manual, then what was the point of it? So it's right. this constant, one of our core values that our practice is faithfulness, which is honoring the process. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so glad to hear that you're seeing the value of that, you know, a year and a half in and you've already built that and you're seeing how, hey, if we're going to be, if we're going to double in size within the next two years, which it would be easy for you to do, Right. Uh, how will we operate then, right. right? And operate right now like you're too busy to deal with that stuff. And that's awesome that you're yeah, doing we, that already. We're about to add our second exam room, right? Like I'm waiting on the yeah. you know, shipping, which is <laughs> taking a minute right now. That's okay. Um, but we're adding our second exam room. And, and to even be able to think about that is yeah. amazing. It's a, a great place to be. But I'm already telling the staff, and I started telling the staff actually probably three to four months ago, look, we're getting a second room that, that we're not going to see the same number of patients we're seeing today in a day with one room with two. So let's go ahead and start thinking about what do we need to polish? What do we need to tighten up? What do we need to get yeah. ready for when we add that? And know that, you know, I know that those extra slots aren't going to be filled the day we add them to the schedule, but we need to be able to run it as if it is. And, and to yeah. me, the biggest thing is not only, paying attention to those day-to-days, but thinking to where you're going so that you're always putting those protocols in place, building that brand for the future brand that you want to have and for the future success that you want to have. Because if you, yep. you know, there's a million fires a day to put out and if you get caught up in those and, and don't think about everything else, then you're, you're just going to stay where you're at. And so no. for me, it's right. all about that, that brand. I keep saying that word, but it's because I want to have a practice that, as proud of it as I am and as much as I love it doesn't have to have me necessarily here to be the same. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. build something that's strong enough that we can plug in any doctor, any staff member, train them correctly and let, you know, let it flourish. And that way yeah. not only can, can I have a life outside of here, but we can have multiple locations. We can grow. We can, mm -hmm. you know, be a, a pillar in the community, which is something that's super important to me and, and be able to get yeah. back and, and do those other things. So it's all about yeah. that foundation. And now's the time to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the E-Myth book talks about that, that, right? Building it and, and such a key, yeah. such a key thing. Very cool. Well, 
I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I've known you before you had this practice yeah. and then uh, we didn't get to see each other as you were opening, but I've heard, you know, with, with being at meetings with you as, as, as it's going on. And uh, I just, I, I, I know you're crushing it and I know you're well, going to continue you. to crush it. It's just awesome. I'm, I'm super excited it. for you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. There's certainly days that you're like, what's oh, that yeah. crazy? Uh, the vast yes, majority of you have to be like, we got this you know sane, sane people don't do what we do right it's, <laughs> no, uh, it have, you have to have a level of craziness <laughs> really awesome well thank you for sharing your experience with us yeah. and it's awesome to have you on the on the uh oi show yeah absolutely thank you for having me i really appreciate it all the things you do for for the show and for our profession and it's just you know yeah. great to to see you and hopefully see you in person soon but absolutely um, Glad we're at least back to to somewhat normal. That's right. That's right. And uh, and thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, stay tuned for future OI shows and uh, make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.